All right. Live. I'm going to give it. I'm going to just go ahead and give it a second and see what happens here. You're going to leave. You're going to leave William in. Put him in the green, put him yeah. in the green room. Yeah. You take him out. All right, there we go. Now we're live. All righty. Uh, welcome, everyone, to another episode of the podcast. Uh, I'm Chris. He's Larry. And we are Blue Ribbon. I uh, <clears throat> want to remind you to like and subscribe. Uh, that helps the algorithm, the almighty algorithm, uh, put people in front of us. Uh, we are brought to you by Pittsburgh Power and OPS um, and Max Mileage Catalyst. Let's put this up here on the screen. Uh, we are sponsored by Pittsburgh Power, and we are distributors for OPS and uh, Max Mileage. I have uh, I have some stock here in West Virginia. We can also ship to you. All that can be found on our website, blueribbonlogistics.com slash store. So, uh, hit us up for all of your OPS max mileage needs. Um, and we need to remind everybody about the live event coming up in July 16th and 17th, uh, hurricane West Virginia hurricane, as we call it here. Um, go to, uh, blue ribbon logistics.com slash events and register. Uh, we have a couple of extra, uh, classes on Saturday night that we're going to be doing. Uh, Larry's going to be doing an advanced business class. Uh, that one is limited uh, by space and filling up quick. So get registered. And then Seth and I will be doing a trip planning hours of service maximization hours of uh, a trip planning hours of service um, kind of refresher. Uh, we'll be doing that on Saturday night at the event space. And, uh, so, uh, you know, everything that we do here on the podcast, we're going to do there, but much more in depth and you're going to get to hang out with us. You're going to network with other people. Uh, Rocky Rockefeller from North Florida in the alignment will be there. Now, is he doing alignments? He's doing alignments Thursday through Sunday, correct? I think that, I think he's arriving on Wednesday. Okay. Um, but I see he's in the, in the audience, so he might clarify that for us. So. But Rocky will be doing alignments there. Um, there is a registration form. Uh, just go through the event page, and you'll you'll see a spot there to click uh, to register for an alignment. If you want to, you want Rocky to look at your truck, do your alignment. Uh, we'll be doing that there. <clears throat> we will be providing lunch Saturday and Sunday. There will be a um, a reception at the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel in Hurricane uh, Cash Bar. Uh, where you can just come in and hang out. We're going to do the podcast live uh, from the bar. That's on so, Friday night. On Friday night. So that should be mm -hmm. exciting. We're going to we're going to line up some live guests for you. That I've got a few in mind. Mm -hmm. um, so Larry, why don't you take a minute and talk about why people should be at this event? <clears throat> well, we've talked about this uh, upcoming market adjustment. We've talked about the things you're going to have to do to be able to get on the other side of that. Uh, it just so happens that we've, we taught that last year. We've, uh, you know, we've practiced since, since 2009. 
So we've basically rewritten the program to specifically address 2022 and the market adjustment, or as some people refer to it as the bloodbath. Um, but there, there are, you know, there, there's two primary things that you have to do to adjust to this situation. And that is you got to get a grip on your costs and you got to understand what those costs are. And, um, and so we're going to, we're going to spend two days showing you how to lower your cost, improve your revenue, uh, how to, how to even know if you're, you know, if what your costs are and your revenue. So, uh, and it's, um, it's hands-on in depth. We're going to have, you know, some other people contributing, um, to the, um, you know, to the message as well. And, um, if it's, uh, if you're concerned, you know, if you're, if, if, if you're worried about fuel costs right now, if you're worried about the rates, you know, tumbling, then what we have to tell, to teach you will, should ease your mind, you know? Um, and then that's, um, that's, that's the reason we're doing it. So the, um, you know, the, the, Chris, the fuel prices are what's got everybody, you know, up in the air right now. Um, but as you know, the fuel surcharge, you know, as long as you're getting decent fuel miles, the fuel surcharge offsets that with, with money left over. You know, we have the majority of our fleet is, um, is making money on the fuel surcharge because their cost per mile for fuel is less than what the fuel surcharge is. Um, so the, th that, that's what gets all the, the, the press is the fuel prices, but that's not going to be what's caused everybody to be in trouble as the rates start falling. Um, but, well, unless you have a truck that's getting five miles a gallon, then that'd be a different story. But if you're getting seven, eight, you know, decent, respectable fuel mileage, there's no reason why the fuel surcharge should be giving you fits, you know? So, um, so we're going to, you know, we're going to delve into that tonight. We've got, um, a guest. We have, a one of our program, um, participants, uh, who is, um, I mean, he is a, he is a star on the rise. He's going to be an, an awesome BCO soon. Uh, he came in the program about a year ago and, um, his fuel mileage has been, he, he's been the number one fuel mileage person the entire time he's been here. We handed out a bunch of awards back in March at the Mets, uh, show. We had our, our company dinner there and he, he was the uh, number one fuel mileage guy, you know, out of the whole fleet. So, and then, you know, we, we had him in a truck that, that he got really good fuel mileage out. You know, he was getting high sevens and eights and in one of our lunatic trucks. Well, we put him in the classic cause he kind of wanted to switch over and try this platform thing out. So we put him in the classic, which since we've had the classic, by the way, belongs to Rocky. Uh, we've averaged about five and a half miles per gallon on average. Uh, classic pulling platform freight. Well, um, our guest tonight, William, uh, last week he got over seven miles per gallon on it. This week he got six, nine, eight. So his, you know, it's, it's not the truck that's making the difference here because we know what the truck does. You know, it's, it's the driver. It's how he, um, uh, how he drives for fuel mileage. And we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. But before we get started on that, I'm going to just review some of the some of the things about fuel cost that um, you know we're, we teach at the seminar. We of course we teach it to all of our people as well. 
but um the um you know the 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 the, the bottom line is fuel is your besides you if you're a bco you're obviously you're probably gonna be the number one cost but aside from you the number one cost to drive a truck is fuel and so since it's the target since it's the big thing we look for it's also the low-hanging fruit because uh fuel costs can be adjusted or, or be or not adjusted but can be affected by you as the as the driver and you as a decision maker. Um, so, you know, the things that William's going to talk about tonight, the things that we teach here are being aware of what those possibilities are and the ramifications from them. And then what you can do to help make that work. Um, there's a couple of things that we teach here that you're going to have to really understand uh, to, to survive 2022. And there's two numbers that every owner operator should know, um, you know, and it can't be a historical number. These things change weekly. So it's something you have to stay on top of because what it was last year, obviously is not what it's going to be this year. And that is your miles per gallon for real, not what your dash tells you, but for real. Um, and your cost per mile. Um, these two numbers can be your friend, if you know what they are and you have control of them, or if you don't, they certainly can be your enemy. Either way, it's important that we know what they are and how to find them. <clears throat> so uh, let's talk about, let's talk about fuel. All right. And let's, let's, let's compare what you can spend in fuel as opposed to what you do spend in fuel. Now I've got four different examples here of trucks getting between five and eight miles per gallon. Okay. And so with fuel costs of five bucks a gallon right now and driving a truck a hundred thousand miles, uh, truck one would spend exactly a hundred thousand dollars a year. Five dollars a gallon takes 20,000 gallons to drive a hundred thousand miles. So it's a hundred thousand dollars. If you were to get six miles per gallon instead of five, you could cut that down to 83,000. If you could get seven miles per gallon instead of five, you could cut that down to 71,000. If you can get that to eight miles per gallon, you can cut that down to $62,000 a year. So the difference between those is staggering. But how do you get from one? If you're at a five, how do you get to an eight? If you're at a six, how do you get to an eight? If you're at eight, how do you get to a nine? You know, um, most of the time, those are things that you control as you drive down the road. There's three ways that we teach that lower your fuel costs. One is improve your truck's fuel consumption. Now, you can do that through modifications. You can do it through making sure you're mechanically sound. You can do it by, you know, physical things you can do to the truck, making sure your tires are inflated, make sure your charge air cooler is not leaking, things like that. Um, second of all, you can improve your driving habits, which is what William's going to talk about tonight. Learn to drive for fuel mileage. Uh, if you've never paid attention to that before, if you're a company driver and you didn't pay for the fuel, You've not, um, you know, you not realized that slide earlier, what the difference is between five and eight miles per gallon and what a staggering. Let me just go back and just touch that one more time. Difference between five and eight is $38,000 a year. Now, that will be the difference between some people being in business or not being in business by the end of this year. So it's, it's, a, it's a significant difference. 
The other way to lower your fuel costs, and we'll talk about this too, is is uh, buying the fuel at the cheapest possible place and understanding that there's a big difference in that. So let's move on. Um, <clears throat> the, obviously, the first strategy is to use less fuel. So how do we do that? Um, fuel mileage. You know, uh, here, here's a few things that you can do to improve your fuel mileage. Now, these are just basic things, but sometimes we just need to review these things. Uh, obviously, unnecessary idling. You know, it, every, every hour you idle the truck, it's a gallon of fuel. Um, obviously, exceptions are if you're, you know, it's cold weather and you don't want to, you know, you don't want to freeze to death. Um, uh, warm up there at the start of the day. Um, if you're parked for the weekend, you know, charging up your batteries so your truck will start on Monday morning. But uh, how many times you walk through the parking lot of a truck stop and it'd be 68 degrees outside and everybody in the parking lot's idling in their truck, you know, why? You know, it's at $5 a gallon. I probably would see less of that right now if I were out there, but I'm sure it still goes on. You know, I've had guys tell me I start the truck when I leave the house. I turn it off when I get back. It doesn't ever get turned off in, in the meantime. Well, that's fine, except, you know, you're, you're spending a lot of money for fuel that, um, you know, that you, you could be putting in the bank. The next thing, the one that nobody wants to hear is most people drive too fast. You know, they, 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 they bust it to get to the shipper or bust it to get the receiver on to sit there and wait a couple hours to get unloaded. When they could have driven, a, you know, a reasonable speed, gotten there on time still and use a lot less fuel. Every mile per gallon you drive over 60 miles an hour, you're using a tenth of a mile per gallon. Now, we just showed you in that slide before, it, the difference between six and seven or seven and eight is significant over the course of a year. So those are just little things you can do right off the bat. Tire inflation. Most people underinflate their tires. You know, We're not going to get into a lot of things about tires tonight, but we do extensively at the seminar. Um, also, the trailer, even if you don't control the trailer, you know, the trailer tires will definitely affect your fuel mileage. So it might be worth it to make sure they're fueled uh, or uh, aired up properly. Um, the gap between the tractor and your trailer, you know, um, having the tandems on the on the on the trailer set to where you can close that gap up a little bit and not have all that uh, dirty air uh, between the, the cab and the uh, and the front of the trailer. Um, we use a, a device called a scan gauge, um, and it's uh, what we our drivers use to to reteach themselves how to be aware of what their driving habits and their driving techniques, what effect they have on fuel mileage. And so um, I'm sure William is going to cover that extensively as well. This is what it looks like. Um, you can buy them in truck stops. You can order them from letstruck.com. But they scan anything that's in the ECM. Uh, these little buttons, you can rotate through anything that the ECM reads. You can see it right there. We'd like for you to monitor instant fuel mileage, average fuel mileage, either boost or horsepower, and throttle position. Um, those are the things, if you watch them, you'll improve your fuel mileage. And you'll find out that doing certain things that are a habit for you now are crossing your fuel. And uh, changing that, changing the way you do things, uh, will improve your fuel mileage. Uh, again, we the old uh, the old adage: when performance is measured, performance improves. We we highly believe that. We see it happening, um, and uh, we incentivize that. So we we know that this works. 
And of course, the other strategy is, well, besides using less fuel, the next strategy would be, well, let's buy fuel as cheap as we can. Let's do the Costco approach to buying toilet paper versus the 7-Eleven approach. You know, let's get a whole case for the same thing, a roll cost. Well, you can do the same thing in fuel, you know. Um, fuel is drastically different in different fuel stops across the country. If you guys are with Landstar, which I'm assuming most of you are, you've got the best tool ever invented for that, and that's the Landstar One app. So, um, but you have to understand how to set it up. And the first thing that most people don't take into its consideration when they set up their um, Landstar One app, or even if they're just comparing fuel, is they don't understand the effect that IFTA has on the price of fuel. Uh, fuel is bundled. The cost of the diesel and the cost of the tax are bundled together. You don't know what they are separately unless you have some type of an app to separate them for you. And again, the Landstar One app will do that for you uh, very nicely. It also will add in the Landstar uh, Com Data discount. We're not going to deal with that right now. I'm going to show you just the difference if you just hand if you just factor the IFTA into the prices. The strategy here is to buy the diesel at the lowest price, regardless of the IFTA, because you can't change the IFTA unless you decide you're not going to go through a state. Um, but then again, the out of route miles would more than you know, would more than offset the, the advantage to that. So you're going to have to drive through a state regardless of what the tax is anyway. The big decision is whether you fuel in that state. And we're going to talk about that a little bit too. But if you if you separate the bundle so you know exactly what the diesel cost and what the IFTA is, you can make the correct decision as to what uh, where you'd like to buy fuel. Um, I've got a map here. This is as this is not probably current. It's end of 2021. But these are all the different. It doesn't really matter. You probably can't see it that well, but it doesn't really matter. It just shows you that every state has a different price. You know, um, you know, some ones that people know about Pennsylvania, 74, you know, California. I don't know. I can't even read it. A million bucks. But um, but every, every state has a different fuel tax and these change. So you can't memorize these. Well, the Landstar One app has all these built into it. So they, you, you, you don't have to worry about knowing about this map, but it's out there. And, um, but, but here's, here's the decision. Let me, let me move forward here. Let's, let's do some, some basic truck driver, um, logics here. Okay. See, the problem with IFTA is that it's including the price of the fuel. So if in Illinois, for example, in Indiana, the tax in Illinois is 0.586 a gallon. And in Indiana, it's only 53 cents a gallon. So let's take a look at this. If you're in Effingham, Illinois, the pump price is $5.49. You look ahead and the pump price in Brazil, Indiana is $5.45. So the smart truck driver is going to go, wait a minute, I'll just wait. It's only 88 miles. I'll just wait and fuel in Brazil because it's cheaper. It's a nickel cheaper there. So you make that decision. Well, it turns out if you take the IFTA out of it, Okay, the fuel in Illinois now is 487 and the fuel in Indiana is 492. So the decision you made based on the pump price actually has you paying a nickel more per gallon for that fuel. Now, I understand nickel is not a big, big deal, but when you're buying, uh, uh, you know, uh, 20,000 gallons a year or more, it does add up. 
Let me show you a more significant one, okay? Here's one, Pennsylvania and New York. Now, everybody knows that Pennsylvania's got one of the highest taxes in the country, 74 cents a gallon. New York's only 38 cents. So the, 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 um, the assumption would be, well, I don't want to buy in, in Pennsylvania, and the price in Erie is $5.95. If I go over to Pembroke, 118 miles away, it's six thirty-five. So, you know, it would be cheaper for me up front to buy it in Pennsylvania, even though the uh, the the fuel IFTA uh, there is seventy-four cents versus thirty-eight cents. But it gets better. You take the IFTA out, the Pennsylvania fuel is five twenty-one. The New York fuel, with only thirty-eight cents a mile uh, or gallon fuel tax, is five ninety-six. Now that's seventy-five cents difference by buying it in the high tax PA versus the low tax of New York. Now, now here's a comparison, 75 cents, right? No big deal. If you drive a hundred thousand miles a year and get six and a half miles per gallon, you'll use 15,000 plus gallons of fuel a year. That's $76,000 at five bucks a gallon, 75 cents less than that drops that to 65, $11,539 just by making a different decision than you would have made if you did not take into consideration the IFTA tax. So this is why we want you to understand, have the knowledge so that you can save yourself this money and not spend $11,000 for no reason at all. Now, the other thing is, you know, we don't want you to fill up when you need fuel because you can't control then what the cost is. If you're out and you're running on fumes, you got to buy it wherever you can. But in the meantime, you pass several places today where the fuel is on sale, you know. Um, now, had you gotten the Landstar One app out and plotted your route and looked at the fuel along your route, you could have picked out a fuel, a fuel stop and bought fuel when it was cheap, not when you needed it. Uh, that's what we call fuel optimization. So stock up when it's, it's the best price. Even if you don't need fuel, what, it's not going to go away. Go ahead and top off when you can get it the cheapest. Again, it's the Costco versus the 7-Eleven deal. You're putting diesel in the tank at a lower price than you put it in if you don't have a choice because you waited till you ran out. Ran out. The other thing is having favorite places to stop. Well, I like the Petro Iron Skill. I'm going to fuel there. Well, but that might be the worst fuel uh, stop you on your route that day. So don't let habits get in the way of you saving money. These are the little things that you do to save the money to be able to get through this situation when the rates are falling. Um, there's a big difference between, I'm going to go back a slide here, big difference between 76 and 65. It's $11,000. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't matter to you, but uh, you could take a hell of a vacation for $11,000. Or maybe you stay in business. Maybe you get to keep doing what you like to do. So at this point in time, I want to, um, um, well, I got one more slide here. Uh, uh, a free solution to tracking fuel mileage because the thing on your dash is not accurate. Even the, even the scan gauge is not accurate. It's, it will give you a relative comparison, which is really all you're trying to do is improve. But to track fuel mileage, there's a free app here. It's called Fuel Gauges. It's at letstruck.com. It will track your fuel mileage uh, historically. You can add notes if you want to. It, you can use it on your phone. You can use it on your laptop, on your iPad. It doesn't really matter. But that's, uh, if you're, if you, again, that performance measured, performance improves. 
if you're not tracking your fuel mileage every fill up, there's no way you're going to get a grip on those two numbers, that that uh, MPG number and that cost per mile number. The first thing you have to do, just like in accounting we talked about last week, you got to get the data. And the data here is tracking every fuel, of uh, every fill up. So, uh, Chris, let's bring in uh, our guest and let's introduce him and um, let him give us some real life practical um experiences about how he does this. William, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. You know, I've watched y'all for a long time. And so finally getting to come onto the podcast and talk is just a real honor for me. So I want to say thank y'all to both of you. You're welcome. Glad to have you. And just for the audience out there, I do have my award with me in the truck. <laughs> so it is real. And it is for fuel mileage. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> That's uh, impressive. So tell us, uh, William. I mean, you you've seen all this. I mean, you you've we teach this. It, I mean, you're probably sick of hearing it, you know. Uh, but how do you take this theory and turn it into practical application? Because you do get the best fuel mileage in the fleet. You can get in a lunatic truck and get eight miles a gallon. You can get in a classic and get seven point three miles a gallon. How do you do that when no one else? Well. Other people get close, but they don't do it like you did. Tell us your secrets. How do you do this? Well, uh, Chris is showing a picture of the truck right now. And, you know, as you can see, it's a brick. You know, it is not set up for fuel mileage. Right? So right. there has to be something different about me than other drivers that allow me to get that kind of fuel mileage. And what I found is that fuel mileage is a symptom. It's not the problem itself. It's a symptom. And it's a symptom of, of decisions. And so we have to figure out how to make better decisions. And I personally think that starts with finding a group. You know, the, the quote is, uh, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And so if you're spending time with people who are negative, who say, if I'm not, if I have to worry about fuel, I'm not getting enough rate, or if they don't even know their fuel mileage, you know, you're, you're going to start making decisions like that. And that, that's why this live event is so important, because it's a chance to get around people that have the right mindset and will help you start getting into the thought processes of making better decisions. Well, that, you know, so we get questions about, well, if it isn't live, I'd show up. But that's what makes it special is the fact that it is live and it's not just a video. You're like you say, you're surrounding yourself with people that you can share with and network with and talk with and get inspired by that you're not going to get in a digital format. So I want to put that plug out there too. We, we have it live when we don't record it. We don't allow it to be recorded uh, for a reason, because the event, the, 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 um, the, the environment at the event, the learning process, the, 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 the things that make you make, decide to make changes only occur because you're sitting in the, in the room. So I'll let you finish. Well, I'm going to save people out there a lot of money right now. If you think, that it is just about the information you can go ahead and, and stop watching right now because you've put everything out there already they have all the information to go be successful at landstar in a truck whether it's a lunatic truck or not and so they can just stop right now so it is more than just information and practical tips it is about being around those people who are going to hold you accountable and about being in the right environment to help you progress and keep making those right decisions 
So for me, before I came to Blue Ribbon, uh, I got decent fuel mileage and I was driving a 2014 Kenworth T680 and I got seven miles to the gallon. Uh, but when I came here, that, that improved more. And my story is that I got into a lunatic truck uh, when I first came here and I was driving like I, I normally drove, uh, but it wasn't working out. I was not meeting the minimum fuel mileage requirements. And so I had to go to a, uh, to a sort of makeup class, a remedial class for fuel mileage. And before I got there, I, I thought, I don't know why I'm doing this. It, it's the truck's problem. It's not me. It's the truck's problem. Sure and is. so after, after listening to Chris, you know, I, I, he said some, a couple of different things that, that changed my mindset. And there again lies the beauty in the live event. You know, if you just think it's information, don't come to the event. But the real beauty is getting around people who are going to hold you accountable and, and change your mindset, give you different ways to think about things. Because there, there's nothing new under the sun. All the information is the same. Since the beginning of time, you know, to be successful in business, your revenue had to be more than your expenses. Everybody knows that. And Pretty so it's simple. getting around. Yeah, exactly. It's getting around people that, that will help keep you in that mindset because it's hard out here for, for an entrepreneur. It's hard out here for business owners because other people will tell you, no, you can't do it. Other people will try and bring you down. Other people will try and force their limitations on you. And so coming here to Blue Ribbon, you know, you really opened my eyes to what, what's possible. And, and I knew that this was the, the path to be on. Well, we see a lot of times we'll see we'll see um, comments on Facebook or we'll hear it from guys. Look, if I have to worry about what fuel costs, I'm not getting enough rate. You know, um, you know, talk about that, William. I mean, t talk about the fallacy in 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 that logic. So that comes to to who you're around. Uh, that person probably does not have a mentor and they've been figuring it out on their own. Um, when I started trucking, uh, my mentor told me, you need to, to use this time to be reading books and learning as much as you can. And, and then you can, can go farther because just driving a truck, I'm, there's really no upscale in just being a truck driver. You had the next step is, is starting your own business. And so I started listening to, as many podcasts and books that I could starting with a, a trucking podcast called an American truck driver hosted by Chris Polk and then starting to read business books and, and inspirational books to try and better myself. And so when you hear people say things like, Oh, well, if I have to worry about fuel mileage, I'm not getting enough rate. Uh, maybe you don't understand business because fuel is an expense. And if you can control it and get it, and reduce it, you're going to end up with more money in your pocket. Why would you not want that? And when the downturn happens, you've got money in the bank because you made all that extra money because you did care about what fuel cost. Even if you got the better rate, you just increased your profit margin as opposed to having the same profit margin with a higher rate and not, uh, not uh, you know, uh, uh, trying to affect your fuel cost, you know. So, um you know, that's another whole strategy we didn't even really talk about. But, you know, a lot of people, when the times got good, pulled back. You know, they ran less load per week, you know. 
they um, they worked less so they can make uh, relatively the same amount of money or a little bit more instead of doing the same thing they did before and make all the money that they needed because everybody who's been in this business long enough knows that what goes up must come down, you know, and uh, it's inevitable. And so if you're just, you know, thinking about the, the here and now and you're not thinking about, you know, um, the downturn, um, then you're not stocking away money uh, to, to help you get through that. You know, you could, you could really, really not make a lot of adjustments to your business if you put away the money that you could have made in the, since 2018. If you'd, have, if, you'd have, if you'd have kept your foot, you know, your nose to the grindstone and, and made all the money you could have made with the rates what they were, you'd have had plenty of money to do this with. But they didn't. And now they're worried about getting through it. And now, they're, and now all of a sudden, the fuel that they didn't care about before is what's got them totally upset. So, and I the, remember. The fact is, well, sorry, go ahead. Uh, we were having a conversation with somebody. I'm thinking maybe it was a, a driver interview. And, and it's the same thing we hear all the time. Well, why do you want to be an owner operator? Well, freedom. Okay. Freedom from what? Right. And I and I, I remember telling this, I think it was this guy, and I said, if it was any other business, if you were building houses, if you were starting a restaurant, if you were doing a landscape company, you're mowing grass, you were painting, whatever, any other business, there would be some fundamental switch that would flip into your mind that goes, okay, I'm going to have to work incredibly hard for two or three or five years to build my business before I can really enjoy the fruit of it. You know, there's like a fundamental understanding there. But for some reason in trucking, oh, I'm going to become self-employed so I can work half. You know, that that's that there's some sort of psychological thing there that I just don't think people would behave that way if it were any other business. But here, oh well, <clears throat> well if I'm the driver, I don't I don't have to do jack. I'll just work whenever I want to work and you know, and, and so trying to get people to understand that if you're building the, the foundation of a business, you better get ready to work harder than you've ever worked in your life for at least two or three years so that you have those capital reserves and, and money in the bank. So if and when something happens, you've got the money to pay for it. Um, I, you know, you're, I know you're big into books and motivational stuff. What do you think about that mindset? Uh, how does a truck driver get so lured into, well, if I'm self-employed, I don't have to work hard. Well, what it comes down to it is when you think about the average truck driver, who are they spending the most time with? You know, th those five people they spend the most time with is who's going to influence their thoughts and their decisions. Uh, they're on the road by themselves. So what are they putting in, into their head? What, where are their thoughts coming from? Well, they're listening to talk radio all day and all that negative message. Or they're talking to other drivers saying, oh, screw this company, you know, just do the bare minimum and collect that paycheck. You know, or they're listening to their, their family and, you know, no offense to my family, but most of them uh, have been company employees their whole life. And they've made good living. Right. But that is not enough for me. I need to go more and beyond. And so when I talk to my family, I have to be, be careful not to get sucked into their mindset. You know, there's a, a story about, I believe it's lobsters. Lobsters are crabs. When you put them in a pot of boiling water, 
one of them will try to escape. And as it's climbing out, the others will pull it down. And that's what negative people do is that they'll pull you back down into that negative thinking into, oh, you can't do this or this. You just need to do the bare minimum for the company. Just get by, collect your check, only worry about you. But as you get around entrepreneurs and business people, as you get exposed to, to success and these higher levels, you start to realize that it is not about you. In fact, as a business owner, you are the last person that gets paid. Mm -hmm. and One so of the most gratifying experiences of my life was from 2010 when I decided to go down this path. I, you know, man, I was mocked and ridiculed and questioned. Why won't you just get a job? Why won't you just get a job? Get a job, get a job, get a job. Oh, go to the, go to the plant. Go here, go there. Just get a good job until 2020 happened. And everybody else's lives around me was crumbling and they're, you know, and I never missed a beat. Nothing changed. I just kept going and they went, oh, <laughs> I guess this idiot's not as dumb as we thought he was, you know? Yeah, that, that's very true, you know, and for a lot of people, that, that, that exact same story happens, except they don't have the drive or the will or the support to keep going. And a lot of them will go back to going to, to just working a job. Uh, yep. you, you know, I didn't plan on sharing this tonight. Uh, but before I came to Blue Ribbon, I had actually started a company with my, my partner, my mentor. We started a, a franchise and we started from the ground up. We hired uh, it was an insulation business. We hired a crew and, and we had to go out and, and start from scratch, getting customers, building out equipment, building up inventory. And it was a lot. And it was way more than I was ready for. And so it, it took a huge toll on me. And I ended up having to, to step away completely and, and take some time myself to just reset because I, I had just become so overwhelmed uh, just from the stress and from the negativity of employees and, and family life. And, and that was a, a very rough time for, for me. And so coming back to trucking actually pulled me out of that. You know, there's a, there's a Facebook page that I follow. It's called uh, entrepreneur.com. And uh, recently there was an article on there that uh, it said, um, let's see if I can just find it real quick. The, um, the hard truth of ownership um, oh, no, the six scary truths about becoming an entrepreneur. Now, let's let's back up a little bit. People go, well, I'm not an entrepreneur. Well, when you buy a truck, you, you buy a business, okay? This is a, this is a, a common misunderstanding. Well, I'm just going to buy a truck because I want to be my own boss. Well, the, the act of buying a truck means you open a business, okay? Which means now you're in business, even though you don't maybe want to be, or you didn't think you were, or don't realize you are, but you're now in business. So, and, uh, so here, everybody thinks, well, I'm going to do this, like Chris said, because I want to have this freedom. I want to choose. Here's the, the six scary truths about becoming an entrepreneur. Number one, you are not your own boss. Okay. Chris, who's the boss? The guy you shave. You see when you shave in the mirror. Well, no. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the who's really, who's, who's well, really the boss? The who, customer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who's, who's the one that you have to make sure is happy, okay? You know, I mean, we talk about it all the all, all the time, you know. Uh, no, you they do need to know where their freight is. They do get to know, you know, uh, what time you're going to get there, you know. Um, 
you know, my, my, um, you know, I, I didn't really, I won't go ahead. You know. uh, number two, you won't be the highest paid, you know, uh, you'll be paying some of your employees more than you pay yourself, you know, because that's what it takes to get the business off the ground. You know, um, work life balance is impossible. There is a big one, you know, um, my family is important. Okay. Well, good. Choose what, what do you want to do here? You know, um, and that's a hard one to swallow because, you know, it's, it, 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 I mean, how many birthdays did you miss, Chris? I can tell you how many I did, you know, building a business. Bunch of them. Yeah. So, I mean, you have to make these decisions when you decide to do this. Um, a hidden support team is oh so very critical. We, we, we interview spouses before we hire drivers. Because we understand how critical that support team is, you know. Um, and then there's going to be people that don't like you. You know, if, you, if you're afraid of not being liked by someone, don't go into business. Because you know? there's going to be a lot of people that don't like you. Look at the haters I've got, you know. So, anyway, I just thought I'd throw that out there. But I don't even tell you. I mean, I mean, take your time away. But go right ahead. Finish. No, no, no that's, uh, those are a great list. But one thing that I would disagree with is everybody is in business currently whether you work for a company or, or not you're in business for yourself you are just choosing to partner with a company because where does how does a, a company pay you where does that money come from well it comes from you generating revenue right and and so this idea that that you are not an entrepreneur that you're not in business is, is wrong and so when you change your mindset and you start thinking like that, you're going to start making different decisions. You know, I am a company employee right now for Blue Ribbon. I don't do fuel mileage to get an award. I like it. I love showing off how great I am. Uh, but I do it because I know that I have to generate revenue in order for this company to continue to provide me a paycheck. You know, this is a partnership between me and you. And as an employee, it's my deal. My part of the deal is that I go and generate revenue. I'm trading my time, my skill, uh, my gifts, my product, my talents. I'm trading that to generate revenue. And then in return, you are going to take care of getting customers. You're going to take care of buying fuel, doing maintenance. Uh, and you're going to do the administrative stuff like accounting and making sure that I get a paycheck for the work that I do. You know, and so when you step from being a, a company employee to being a, a business owner or an entrepreneur, you are taking away that other partner. And so now it's all on you. And so at the end of the day, even if you generate revenue, if you didn't generate enough to cover all your expenses like fuel then you are the one not getting that paycheck, which is what the company was doing before. They were taking that risk for you. Sure. <clears throat> well, let's start, let's circle back to uh, fuel mileage and let's uh, let's let the folks know what um, you know how you how do you accomplish what you accomplish in the in the in these trucks. All right. So the number one thing is you have to track it, right? 
So after you've gotten some people around you that are going to hold you accountable and that you can go to for support and they can change your mindset, um, they're going to be telling you these exact same things because these principles are the same in any business, any expense, uh, any industry. And so first thing you do is you need to track it. Uh, the Fuel Gauges app is what I use personally. Uh, I started using it when I heard Chris talk about it on the podcast. You know, it, it all goes back to, to those five people you spend the most time with. And I spent a lot of time with Chris with him not knowing it. Uh, so the Fuel Gauges app to, to track your, your fuel mileage, that way you know where you're at. Because uh, you can't improve it if you don't know where you are. You could be getting 10 miles to the gallon and not have to worry about it. But unless you track it, you don't know. The other thing is everyone likes to talk about speed, but speed is correlation, not causation. If you drive slower, you will get better fuel mileage, but it doesn't cause you to get better fuel mileage. The, uh, what I believe is the most important factor in getting better and improving your fuel mileage is how much fuel you're putting into the engine. And that's directly controlled by your foot on the accelerator. And so yep. you have to find something that you can monitor that with. And the scan gauge is the perfect tool. And I heard about that through the podcast. And when I was a company driver, I tried to, to get my company to, to buy a scan gauge, put it in the truck. And they, they didn't want one. And then when I came to Blue Ribbon, the trucks had it and my fuel mileage went up. And so on my scan gauge, I have the instant fuel mileage, the average fuel mileage, and then I have the throttle position sensor, the TPS, and a boost gauge. But mainly, I'm watching uh, my instant and my TPS. So what the TPS will, will train you to do is to remain consistent, you know, putting the same amount of fuel all the time and letting the engine either work harder going up a hill or uh, not work as hard going down the hill or if it's windy or if the wind's behind your back, you know, th those factors will, will play a part in it. Sure. And how I did it was I just picked a number on there. It goes from zero up to 97 and I picked a number. I just picked 50. I was like, well, 50 sounds like a good enough spot to start. Yeah. And that's what I did. And once you start watching that and you monitor it, you can see where your speed is at after right and then you can adjust depending on that right if you have it at 50 and you're going 35 down the interstate well that that's probably not uh going to work out very well in the end for you so you got to find that balance um but in the two trucks i've driven here at blue ribbon 50 was a pretty good starting point well and it, it needs to be said too that you know if you i've been shown the pictures and the first picture is the, the hood's red and the other picture is the hood's white. We had to put a new hood on it because another driver wrecked it. So that truck was down from November of last year until you started driving it this year. And one thing that needs to be said here uh, in that you are not putting speed ahead at, at first. Your, your fuel mileage is first and that affects the speed that you drive. That right. truck is at 100% right now of the target revenue. We have a minimum target that we want to hit every week. And that truck is at 100%. Um, so this idea that if you drive for fuel mileage, which means that sometimes you may be going slower, 
the idea that you can't meet the revenue goals because you're not driving 75 miles an hour is crap because here's a truck that is 100% of the target and gets fantastic fuel mileage, uh, relatively speaking, you know, hell, I couldn't get that fuel mileage out of it. So you're, you're giving away all my secrets, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> um, Landstar, I went through cabs uh, a couple of months ago, you know, the end of last year, the beginning of this year. And in their presentation, they had some numbers showing uh, the time it took to complete loads driving it at different speeds. And yeah. what the data showed was that whether you drive 55 or you drive 70, there was only a difference of about 10 minutes over the long haul. It's so, uh, it's perception, you know, it's versus reality. <laughs> you know, another thing too is, you know, I mean, a lot of it's ego. I mean, you know, I'm, you know, I mean, uh, I, I got big hurt. Yeah, 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 let's just be, yeah, exactly. Big, big All hat, no cattle. There you go. There you well, go. and I, I mean, from, from <laughs> way back in the day when I first started driving in 97, in a 65 mile an hour truck. I remember even then Billy Big Rigger would pass me with black smoke rolling out seven times a day. Well, left door closed, mouth shut, foot on the gas. I I got places, you know, but these same guys would pass me five times a day with black smoke rolling out of the tailpipe. We didn't get, they didn't beat me there, you know? And that's a, another, another step is consistency. You know, with the TPS, you're trying to keep that fuel consistent going into the engine, right, at a consistent level throughout your trip. Now, what goes along with that mm -hmm. is consistently driving. If you are stopping and going, that's affecting your fuel mileage. You know, every time, every time you go to stop, that's a minimum of 15 minutes out of your day. And going from a dead stop, it takes a lot of power to get your rig moving. And so if you can stay driving as long as possible, you're going to improve your fuel mileage. You know, my, the, when I first started driving, I had a, a trainer and uh, he was a great mentor, a great teacher to me. And he told me, he said, you coming out here, you're out here to make money. That's it. And so to maximize your money, you keep that pedal pushed to the floor and you get the load delivered. And that, that's all you worry about. And so for a long time, I had a problem with, with stopping. I would just drive straight through. And so as soon as I would get somewhere, I'd have to run to the bathroom. But I've gotten gotten better about taking a little bit more breaks for myself. But staying consistently out on the road, keeping the left door closed, it's going to improve your fuel mileage. It's going to save you money. You know, every time you go into the truck stop, they won't let you leave unless you spend $25. <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's for sure so let me remind uh our audience of a couple of things first of all we have an ifta episode if you didn't understand some of this ifta stuff we talked about now if you want to know more about it we have an entire episode dedicated to ifta um chris i don't know the number it's back in the early days probably in the low 50s i'm guessing also another thing that we that that has a big effect on this is is your truck spec for fuel mileage and we talk about a lunatic truck. 
For those of you who don't know what that means, for us, a lunatic truck is an 07 or older pre-DEF, um, uh, usually a Detroit uh, 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 or a freight line with a Detroit engine. And uh, the, the, um, the, what we call the sweet spot, the, the RPMs that that truck gets its best fuel mileage is about 1325 to 1350 RPMs, which means if you buy a truck with a rear end ratio and the uh, final drive, uh, final gear in the transmission ratio, do not let that truck uh, meet, meet at B and it's at its, at its maximum efficiency at, 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 um, at, at driving speed, then you're going to consume more fuel. Um, the, this, this 50 throttle thing that William's talking about, I'm sure if we looked at the art the tachometer, he's going to be between 13 and 1400 RPMs in that truck, which that's where his sweet spot is. That truck's getting the best fuel mileage it's going to get at that uh, RPM. Now, what makes the difference between the RPMs, a truck going 65 at, at, at an RPM and going 75 an RPM is the uh, rear end ratio and the transmission ratios. So when you buy a truck, you can't buy a truck that hauled logs in the you know, off road and expect it to get fuel mileage over the road with a drive in. It's, it's geared differently. So when we're looking at buying trucks, that ratio is critically important. It's one of the first three things we have to know. And we have an entire episode on that as well, on how to spec a truck. Um, so these are a couple of things that I need to, need to kind of remind people of. But you can go back and get a refresher on this and then listen to what we're talking about tonight and get a more in-depth uh, understanding of, of why this is important and how it's important. So, um, so let's talk, uh, William, let's talk about... Uh, uh, fuel purchase. We, we now understand how you get good fuel mileage. You drive the truck sensibly. Uh, you, you keep steady. You know, you're not in the cruise control. You're not up and down all the time. You know, you're, uh, you're, 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 you're giving it steady fuel. You're driving at a, at a, at a rate where your RPMs are meeting the truck's sweet spot. Uh, that's what, that's why you're driving at 60 or 62 or whatever it happens to be for that truck. And then, and, uh, and then on top of that, so we're using less fuel, but let's say, let's look at our second strategy. And that is we got to buy it for less money. So tell me how you, uh, uh, uh how, how you, uh, accomplish that part because your fuel, and here's another number. Okay. We need to talk about a little bit. back up a little bit. We track fuel mileage, but we also track fuel costs per mile. And what that number does for us, because see, we've got guys that get great fuel mileage, just like William does. But if they're not buying the fuel right, if they're paying too much for it, even with good fuel mileage, they're still going to have a higher cost per mile. Give an example. Williams is usually about 60 some cents. We've got guys that get similar fuel mileage, but their cost per mile is 75, 77. The difference is how much effort they find they spend on buying the cheapest fuel. That's the report card that tells the story. Now, if you're in business and you're doing your own books, your, your fuel cost as a percentage of revenue is the telltale sign there. Okay. If you're not in the high teens or low twenties for a fuel cost percent of revenue, you're paying too much for the fuel. You're not paying enough attention to what you're paying for fuel. So William, with that little, with that little handoff there, walk us through how you maximize your fuel or minimize your fuel costs. Well, like I've been saying all night, it, it all starts with 
Who are you hanging around with? Now, your decisions are are what's going to cause you to either succeed or fail. You know, and so are you listening to people who say, I stop at this truck stop because it's my favorite. They have the best burger. Or are you listening to people that say, nah, I stop here because they have nice showers. You know, none of that makes a difference. You know, that doesn't affect your bottom line at all. And that's what, uh, at least that's what I'm out here for is to make money. And so the bottom line is what, what I'm looking at. And so when I am uh, doing my trip plan, I open up the, the Landstar app, which is one of the biggest reasons I wanted to come to Landstar is because after listening to the podcast, knowing that I should be buying cheap fuel, Landstar had an app that made it really easy for me because I, I am nothing spectacular. I'm a, a pretty average guy. Uh, actually, sometimes I could be pretty lazy sometimes. And that app makes it so easy. I don't have to go and look up the IFTA numbers to find out what tax for each state and then compare pump prices and then call Landstar and find the discount price. I can just open up the app. I can scroll through my route for the day and I can find who has the cheapest. And that's where I stop. You know, if it's 10 minutes away, well, I'm stopping 10 minutes to, to get fuel. If it's at the end of the day, that's when I get fuel is whenever I find it the cheapest because that is going to affect the bottom line. And that bottom line is where my paycheck comes from. <clears throat> well, folks, there you have it. Um, I mean, he's, he's, he's doing it. You know, we sit here and talk about it, uh, but he's out there doing it. And uh, we see the results every week. We post the fuel mileage and the fuel cost per mile every week. And uh, William is always in the top. Well, when he was in a regular truck, he was the top every week. Now, since he's in this, this monster, he's still in the top, but not the number one, because of the fact that we got people doing almost eight miles a gallon. And I don't know that we'll ever get eight miles a gallon out of that classic, but the fact he's getting sevens is, is phenomenal. You know, uh, I mean, Chris is a very good fuel mileage driver, probably almost as good as me, but not quite. And uh, he couldn't do it. Okay. <laughs> So I'd like uh, to note for the record that the engine was wore out when I was driving it. I never drove it with the new motor. So, oh, here we go. Here we I go. do need to, I do need to point out that uh, what you said right there, a smart person learns from his mistakes and a wise person learns from other people's mistakes. And what you just said right there is a very valuable lesson. I went from a lunatic truck that can get eight miles to a gallon to a truck that averaged five and a half. So it's not a, the equipment is not the most important thing. Nope. Right. Nope. The modifications are not the most important thing. The most nope. important, the only thing that changed was me. I went to a less fuel efficient truck and I'm still getting, you know, sevens, high sixes when it's windy five and a half when it's heavy going uphill and he and he's pulling platform freight guys not a van okay ugly yeah. stuff so well and we know that we we had the numbers all the things we do to a truck you know super single all the modifications we do you know the number one thing still 35 percent of what the the uh the uh the effect on that truck is is the driver you know everything we do together Specking the truck right, you know, 
uh, all these things we'll, we'll, we'll do about 60, 65% of this, of this job of getting good fuel mileage, but the driver supplies the other 35%. And that's usually the, well, beside from maybe some tires, if you had really, really bad ones on there, nothing else has that much effect. One item has that much effect. So you're absolutely right. The driver is who makes a difference. We preach it all the time. It's one of the reasons why we compare, you know, because we have just the opposite. We have guys who get in a truck where the truck has averaged eight miles a gallon or, or even we have one that was in the nines at one point in time. And now it's at six and a half with the driver that's in it. So was it, is that the truck, you know? So it's, uh, it, 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 the, this is part of why we teach this is that the driver controls a majority of any other single thing uh, that affects fuel mileage on a truck. And uh, attitude is most of that understanding, um, you know, what the uh, effects are of, of what you're doing. And it's just little things. I mean, progressive shifting versus, you know, winding everything out to 2,500 RPMs. I mean, understand RPMs uh, are generated by fuel. Okay. It takes fuel to create RPMs. So the lower they are, the less fuel you're using. I mean, it's just, it's just physics. It's just physics. And even in new math, the laws of physics still apply, you know? So, um, it's, it's, it, and, and, and here's another thing about fuel mileage and you'll in, listen, if you guys don't know who Steve Cron is, K-R-O-N, follow him on, on fuel gauges. His, his, his name of his truck is called back, back, back draft binder, back draft binder, follow him on fuel gauges. He has for 10 years gotten 10 miles per gallon in a 05 international, you know, with a Detroit engine. So, uh, but the point, the, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that it's not a bunch of big things that'll make it happen. It's a series of little things that will get you from five to six or six to seven or seven to eight or eight to 10. You know, now he's between 10 and 11, Steve Crone. Um, so it's just, but, but listen, just go back to the beginning. It's your number one expense. It is a huge expense. Okay. We just talked about it. You, you, there's going to be people that spend a hundred thousand dollars on fuel this year, you know, uh, when they could spend 60, that's a big, big swing, William, 40 grand, you know? So, um, that's why it's so important. Here's back graph binder right there. Chris, can you make that big? <clears throat> 12, the 30 day average is 12.07. Um, he has agreed to come on the podcast. We need to get back with him, Chris, and get him on here. Yeah. But his lifetime is 938. His 90 is 1091. His, his 60 is 1119. And his 30 is 1207. Landstar guy, general freight, dry van, like an old international. I think it's an 0405, something like that. Um, it probably says on there somewhere. Um, 2001 international. 2001 international. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so there you go. So, I mean, this is what can be a con now when you, when you start following him, this, this guy's eat up. Okay. He, the <laughs> bot, he owns his own trailer. Okay. The bottom of that trailer, it looks like the bottom of a NASCAR. It is slick. It, there's no, you don't see any ribs. He's got a splitter on the front of his truck. that looks like a NASCAR. I mean, you know, he's, he's serious, but, but look what he's, but look at the, 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 the he gets double what the average truck driver gets in this country. He gets double. I didn't do the numbers on that. I can't imagine. Well, it would be half. 
So instead of spending a hundred, he'd be spending fifty. So to spend sixty, he'd be spending thirty. Well, we're averaging seventy-five cents cost per mile. His is forty-one. Right. You know. So. Right. So there's a uh, there's a really good lesson there. All right. We've been talking all night about how wonderful I am at at seven miles per gallon, and this guy's getting twelve. You yep. know, he's getting above ten. Yep. There's always somebody better, William. So and what? It, uh, okay. Ken said with Mike Fenders. That's why I was trying to figure out. He's putting Mike Fenders on it. That's what makes it look the way that it does. Because I've always I've seen the pictures of that truck, and I never could put my finger on what it looked like. And so he's putting Mike Fenders on it, probably from a vision. So there's there's a, a principle, and and principles are true throughout any industry and any time period, right? That they, they never change. They always work. And the, the principle here is, what what is he doing? He's just driving a truck. And when you look at, at basketball players, what separates, you know, the, the fifth grade JV team from the NBA, right? They're all just playing basketball, right? What separates them is the people they're around, right? And their coaches. And, yeah. And again, I'm going to plug the, the uh, live event here again. You need to be getting around people who are trying to play in the NBA. You need to be getting coaches. Uh, you know, the best basketball player in the world, Michael Jordan, <laughs> he had a coach. He didn't do it all on his own. You know, he got around other people who wanted to be the best. Yeah. Well, we, we talk about it. I mean, I, I use the analogy all the time with sports. You know, look at the Olympic athletes. I mean, how many thousands of people get into whatever, swimming or whatever, and there's only three of them to get on a podium in the world, in the world. They all started the same. You know, what motivated those three? You know, I mean, some of them may be God-given given talent. I mean, I guess it might happen. I don't know about this. You, you're not born understanding what B, what a P&L is. You know, you don't come out of the womb knowing what, P, what a P&L means. So it does is all attained. But still, that natural desire is there, that burning desire. The, and here's another thing. And I like to talk about this. You know, we, we measure a lot of things. You know, we, we, me we, we measure every data point that we could possibly measure, you know. <clears throat> and we have people that come here. I'm going to use, uh, use Richie as an example. We talk about Richie all the time. And he knows that, that he doesn't care that we talk about him. But, you know, if when we looked at Richie, when he showed up at orientation, you know, Chris and I looked at him, looked at each other. We gave him about a snowball's chance in hell you know, of being here 30 days, you know, because his age, his experience, you know, um, he kind of didn't pay attention during our Matter of fact, at one point in time, Chris had to basically bust his ass, you know, uh, he was on his phone during orientation, you know, uh, he, and he, he vapes. So he'd be all, he always be going in and out, you know, vaping. I said, look, this, this guy has no, he has a chance. Here we are now, almost two years later. The guy owns, you know, owns his own truck, and he's getting seven miles. I mean, he is a he is going to be a rock star in this industry, and he's only 24, 25 years old. Okay, I mean, he had he's been around the coaches now for a couple of years. Look how he set himself up for the future. I mean, if he's not a gazillionaire, I'm going to kick his ass, you know? <laughs> but the thing that we can, and, you know, I mean, we measure, but here's the thing that there's no, I have not found any test 
or device or protocol to measure a gas heart. You know, I mean, you can't predict what somebody's going to do when they have the desire and the drive to do it and the motivation and the team and the network and the support. And all, I mean, there's just no limit to what you can do if you set your mind to it. But yet we have other people that come here and coast through, you know, uh, and here he is. Didn't come from a great, you know, uh, home experience, you know. I mean, every, he had every reason in the world to fail here. And um, he has not and will not. And, um, you know, there, that, it just goes along with what you're saying. You know, you, you can't, you, listen, you can be the, you can be the per best person with all the, the, how many people do we know that, that, you know, you look at them and go, well, how, how does that person fail? I mean, he's got everything. You know, look at the athletes that don't end up doing very well. You know, the stars, you know, the guys are, the guys are, you know, the, 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 the guys are supposed to come in with the five star ratings and they end up some local guy from, from hometown ends up getting the number one lottery dra uh, draft, not the superstar. How often does that happen? So anyway. Well, the uh, one yeah. thing that I appreciate the most about Richie is that I know I'm never going to hear a bullshit excuse from him. <laughs> you know, nope. and, and I get, when my phone rings, yeah. I get plenty of those, you know, all, all the excuses and all in this, I did not from Richie. Yeah. No, nope. Richie will tell you <laughs> very explicit terms, what he just done. Yeah. And then we move on. Yeah. Well, um, William, I, listen, uh, we, uh, we, um, number one, I appreciate you coming on here. Number two, I want to plug you because, um, William, listen, William aspires to be a coach. That's what he wants to do. He wants to help other people, uh, succeed at whatever it is they want to do, particularly this. He's told me many, many times he wants to become the very first blue ribbon certified instructor. Uh, I don't know that we, we don't have such a thing yet, but w w maybe we'll come up with Not one. Not yet, but we're working <laughs> on it. Yeah. <laughs> I've been planting the seeds for a while. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. Part of the reason why you're here tonight. But uh, but uh, William's going to do a, an entire program during the live event about you know his philosophy and, of course, what he's accomplished here and things like that. So uh, And we've got, we've got more Williams that we're going to unveil at the event this year. So um, you guys need to, you know, you guys need to seriously consider spending a couple of days with us. You know, I promise you this number one, by noon, the first day, we'll have showed you how to save enough money. Um, that, um, well, I mean, it, we'll show you how to save thousands of dollars by noon, the first day, right, Chris. Yep. <clears throat> and then by the end of the first night, we'll show you how to know where, you, where that money is. All right. And uh, and then you're going to meet a lot of Williams there, okay? You're you're going to make uh, you're going to make relationships that will last your entire business life, you know. Um, and the uh, learning doesn't stop when the class stops, you know. Uh, last year we had guys drinking beer out in the back of the hotel, and they were they were they were they learned more that night than I taught them all day, you know. So uh, it's it's just a great event. Uh, it's online now. You can register. Uh, it's 50 bucks off if you register before June 15th. So you got about two weeks here, get 50 bucks off. Um, and um, the other thing I want to talk about is that tomorrow is the last day of our OPS 108 promo code. 
tomorrow's the last day to get 50 bucks off and free shipping on an OPS unit. Um, if you don't know what that is, we had an entire episode on it back on in episode 108. So check that out. Um, uh, that's another thing that will lower your maintenance costs per mile because you won't be throwing good oil down the drain every month or so. Um, I guess the other thing we, William, did you have anything else you need to add before we wrap it up? Uh, the final thing I'll say, uh, is, is Richie is a, a perfect example. All right. Richie wanted something more than what he had and he knew that he wasn't going to get it himself. And yeah. so he, that's, that's how he was able to go through, uh, the change. You know, it's hard. You know, you said Chris was getting on his ass and to put up with that. <laughs> You have to really want to change, and you have to know that there's something better on the other side. That's and that's what coming to the event will come. Well, will grant yeah. you. You'll you'll get that. You'll get around people who are going to push you, who are going to coach you, who are going to be there to hold you accountable. Uh, you know, a plant gets soil put on top, and then it has to push through the soil before it ever becomes anything useful. And, and get around blue ribbon, they're going to push you through the soil. Well, thanks, William. Uh, we've got some less eloquent ways of saying that. But uh, in, anyway, um, the uh, the other thing I want to talk about, and thank, thanks, William. Thanks very much for being here, and and uh, uh, we appreciate what you do. Uh, we're, you know, I, 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 look, I've said this many, many times. Look, I, I, at my point, I'm 68 years old. I've done that. I've been in business since 1977. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty good shape. I, I, I do, I do what I do because of guys like, William. you know, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. The money's nice, but I don't have to have the money. You know, I'm, I'm all right. But, uh, what motivates me to do this every day and get up and run this fleet and manage Chris and do the things that we do is guys like to, to produce guys like this, you know, it's, it's like, it's just like having a, another, you know, proud son moment, you know? Or daughter, in some cases, we got a couple of, of, of ladies. Um, but to see some people come in here and and listen and learn and 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 make significant changes in their life. I mean, I made a million dollars in four years in trucking. Okay, we've we we have a plan where people can come here and make a million dollars in ten years, you know, minimum, uh, if they'll just listen. If they'll just listen and do and do the things that we tell them to do. Where where else can you, can you go and do that with with no doctorate you know no ceo experience you know a, a truck driver come here and uh, and set yourself up to be in business at landstar and making a million dollars in, in in 10 years or so so um it's it's what i do it, it's 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 what i it's why i do it and uh it's why we uh, listen this this live event we, we charge money for it, but let me I promise you this. It ain't nothing near enough, okay, for the trouble it is to do. Uh, but I just, you know, and, and we, we can only, we, I just don't have time to do more than one. But we really, really have fun doing them. And, uh, and it's because of guys like William. Because somebody, last year, we got a couple of people out of that uh, live event last year that we've changed their lives. And you're going to hear from them because they're going to be on the podcast on Friday night at the uh, live event. So, um, I want to talk about driver recruiting. Uh, we do still have a couple of trucks that we can put drivers in. Uh, and on top of that, we got a couple more that are wanting to come on. So if you want to be a part of this program and, and, and be and experience what 
William has experienced and, and Richie. And oh, by the way, Richie will be at the end. All of our guys will be at the event. Every one of them will be there. Okay. I don't know that we can get Richie to stand up and talk, but I guarantee you if, if you get him over there in the bar, you know, he'll start talking. Okay. So I promise you that, but, um, we're going to have all our guys there and, uh, and they're going to be there to share with you their experiences here and, 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 uh, let you know about this. If you, if you're interested in this program at all, you know, we do, we don't always have, uh, available seats, but we've got a couple right now and we'd be happy to talk to anybody that's out there that's listening to this podcast. You know, the podcast does all of our vetting, you know, first thing we're going to do is ask you how many podcasts you listen to. If you say zero, we're going to have to send you back to do your homework. Um, I will say this, we do not have any automatic trucks. So if you have automatic restriction on your license, uh, unfortunately, we can't help you. So you can go get it removed. <clears throat> on, and if you, can, if you can obviously drive a manual transmission, we're happy to talk to you. But we do not do automatics. Uh, we won't go into that reason right now, but it's, it's out there. It's, it's public. And, um, and, but we would, uh, we, would, we would certainly love to talk to anybody that wants to be a part of this program and uh, set yourself up to be a successful BCO at Landstar making $150,000, $200,000. Uh, to the truck. Well, actually after expenses to you. So um, that's the carrot. Uh, we can show you how to get there. We, we can show you how to get there and not have to worry about the bloodbath and not have to worry about the fuel cost. Because the way we do things, the way we teach you how to be in business, those things don't matter. We're, con we're not concerned about it in the least and we can fix it. So you're not. So, um, and let's, let's plug the opportunity for BCOs. Um, you know, we, you can, we have a program, we've got a couple of guys in it, um, where we bring you in and I, I, I take care of your loads. I dispatch for you. Larry does the accounting, um, <clears throat> helps you get your business set up so that you know your numbers and so that you know that you're profitable. Uh, I'll keep freight on you. Uh, my guys can testify, um, uh, to the numbers that I put on them. Um, cause I am the trip planning ninja. Um, my wife's planning on making a t-shirt of that, by the way. So we'll see where that comes from. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, go to blue ribbon logistics.com slash opportunity, fill out the form. We'll talk to you, um, and see if we can help you. Uh, cause right now this correction, you know, that, that, that we talked about the, instead of calling it the bloodbath, let's just call it the correction. Cause that's what the market does. Um, this business cycle, boom, bust, boom, bust, boom, bust, you know, all the craziness and all the stupidity it, ramps up to a fever pitch and then the market says, and we're done and sheds all that off and it corrects itself. And so that's what we're getting ready to see here sometime in the near future. So uh, about John Ron Reynolds, his comment, when you got your trophy that night in, in Louisville at the, at our dinner, uh, Chris got one too. Chris is yours handy anywhere. It's down here. I think my, maybe my wife put it somewhere. I, I could find it. What's it say on it? What's it say across it, Chris? World's best fleet manager. That's what it says, yeah. <clears throat> Found it. So, yes, he is a trip plan ninja. And, John, yes, he is the best dispatcher er, er, ever. And there's the proof. It says right there, the world's best fleet manager. So, uh, we have fun here, guys. We work hard. We really work hard. What we do here is hard because un getting a master's degree in 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 the in, in the trucking business 
and understanding how to navigate the Landstar system and do it all in a year and a half takes effort. You know, it takes a lot of effort, but is it worth it? I don't know, William, you can answer that. Um, but it is uh, absolutely worth it. There you go. Checks, right, in, checks in the mail, William. <laughs> every Friday. <laughs> every there you go. That's right. That's right. All right, guys. Well, listen, thank you very much. Uh, we'll see you next Sunday, uh, 2100 Eastern. And um, get on the website. Get your OPS's order tomorrow or tonight. So you get your 50 bucks and your free shipping. That goes away tomorrow at midnight. Chris, you've been ordered to strike that deal at midnight tomorrow night, okay? It is stricken. And then to, between now and midnight, June 15th, you get 50 bucks off the registration at the event. All right? So um, we'll talk to you next week. William, thank you. Chris, you got anything you need to add? I believe I'm good. We'll see you all next week. Just, just right, one yeah. final note. Go yes, ahead. sir. Being here, I've learned all the secrets to success. And so if you have any questions that you want to know, be sure to smash that like button. There you go. <laughs> Appreciate that, William. All Thank right, you. Have a good night. Have All a right. good week, everybody. Be safe out there. We'll see you next weekend, okay? Good night, everybody.